Hello and welcome to our podcast. We are Three Hearts in the Club live on HR from Happy Valley. My name is Allison. I'm Sophie. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Sarah. And today we'll be talking about some here's what's important desk. We'll each have a cool topic that we researched and we'll talk a little bit more about. And then we'll dive in more with the hot topic pick. So that's really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited, Allison. Of course. And throughout this entire podcast, we actually took a personality quiz at the beginning of the year, which grouped us into the suits that um, a card deck has. So we are, as I said before, three hearts in a club. So try to figure out which one of us is the odd one out. So getting started with some introduction information. As I said before, my name is Allison. We are all hospitality management students. I am a junior here at Penn State with a minor in business and entrepreneurship. And my potential career path after graduation is I wanna focus more on the restaurant side of the industry, specifically upscale restaurants, hopefully focused in DC. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Sophie? Thank you, Allison. Hi, guys. My name is Sophie, and I'm a junior here at Penn State. And along with my major, I'm currently obtaining my SMEAL business certificate. So fancy. Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, guys. Once I graduate, I plan to branch out and learn different parts of the industry, maybe even event planning. And um, Rebecca, let's hear about you. Yeah, so I'm Rebecca. I'm a senior, so I'm getting a little close to graduation. Ooh. I know, right? I'm a little nervous, but excited. Um, I also have a minor in business, and my plan after graduation is to go into the events industry, which I've been working in for the past two years now. So how about you, Sarah? That's so cool, Rebecca. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, so my name is Sarah Jaslow. I'm currently a junior and I'm actually minoring in labor and human resources. So I hope to get a job in human resources after I graduate. Perfect Ooh. for this. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty. So after all of that lovely information, let's move on to our next section, which is titled, What's the Buzz? All right, guys, let's kick this podcast off. And we're gonna move on to our section, what's the buzz? Alrighty, so I can go first in talking about um, the desk that I reported from. It is the desk called, here is what it's important. So as um, Rebecca, you're a graduating senior, so you're gonna yes. enter the industry soon. So definitely learning some tips and tricks specifically from the research done in the industry is really, really important. I chose to do my research on fixing burnout without screwing up your life. Um, I feel like that's something that's really common within our industry right now because we just came through a global pandemic and now we're moving on to trying to get back to what we call a new normal. And a lot of people are becoming burnt out after all of this. So this article really talks about how to fix burnout in your life and but not completely shut down when you are burnt out. So this article is from the Wall Street Journal. It was written by Ray A. Smith and was published in early 2021 when we were all transitioning back from the seriousness of the pandemic into the summer where um, everything was a little bit more relaxed before we had a couple variants spike up again. But mainly focused on um, 
five key steps to getting your life back together after this pandemic. Um, the first thing is taking personal inventory, talking about what needs to be fixed in your life, basically um, taking a step back on what you would like to improve or what's physically causing you burnout throughout this entire time. Next is making a plan of attack. Now you've taken a look at what needs to be fixed in your life. What can you do to fix it? What can we work on now? Next is talking about our adjusting goals and expectations. It's really important to adjust these goals and expectations now that we are in um, a new form of normal because everything isn't back to it as it used to be. We're kind of changing and evolving. So where is my goal too high? Where is it too low? Where can I change it? And next, thinking of the bigger picture. So often um, we were quarantined, we were by ourselves. So we often talk about the I perspective, but now we're talking about the we perspective. How can we do better as a team? How can we work together better? And last but not least, learning how to say no. I know for me, jumping into college and jumping back into things after the pandemic, I wanted to jump right back into things again and wanted to be involved as I could be, but learning how to say no and realizing that taking on too much stuff can kind of burn me out. And I know, don't know about the rest of you ladies, but um, definitely experiencing some burnout. And honestly, um, with all this burnout, it's caused a lot of people to quit these um, their jobs. So I believe that Sophie's actually gonna talk to us a little bit, bit about um, people quitting their jobs um, after the pandemic. Sophie? Yes, thank you, Allison. So I am presenting from the desk of here's something to watch out for. And the title of my article is actually Who is Quitting Their Jobs? The article was done by Catherine Dill in November of 2021 in the Wall Street Journal. So it starts out with some statistics saying the Labor Department data reported 4.4 million workers resigned in September due to the unexpected COVID-19 outbreak during the year 2020. The current issue everyone is facing is turnover rates not being evenly spread throughout the US. As we saw with the pandemic, many people worked from home and had a lot of time on their hands. People came up with new hobbies, which also led to many startup companies. This encouraged people to quit their job and truly go after what they're passionate about. Mercer did a survey that collected data on frontline and low-wage workers. They discovered 37% of food, retail, and hospitality staffers are thinking about quitting. This is because of the pay and work benefits that were negatively affected from the pandemic. This is because of the pay and work benefits that were affected negatively from the pandemic. Wow. So, wow. Also, the demanding and long work hours led people feeling burnt out, as Allison has just talked about. That seems to be like a really big reoccurring idea going on right now, just in the environment. We have. I think back in the swing of things, you know, it's just really, it's hard to drag these people back into work and just motivate them. Mm -hmm. So, um, however, because of the sudden dip in employment, companies all over are looking for new hires, which is beneficial for those who lost their jobs and got laid off. The labor market is thinking of new ways to get what was once considered underqualified people a foot in the door and work their way up. And I think Rebecca has some new ideas and tactics that companies are working for on new qualifications. So take it away. Definitely. So I am reporting from the here something to think about desk. And I read a lot about valuing different things in the workplace and attracting different employees. So this article I read was called Role Reversal, Who is Interviewing Who? And it was in Forbes by Sundaran Narayana. It was published in December of 2021, so pretty recent. And it's interesting to look at now with this kind of cultural work shift, what exactly employees are looking for out of their workplace. 
So people are now focusing on three main things. The first one is being well-being, and that has to do a lot with the burnout topic that we've been talking about. People want their workplace to be somewhere that they like to be around, and their well-being and their personal mental health is really valued by the organization. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you offer mental health services and maybe consider expanding your vacation days or maybe your personal days that you're offering to all of your employees. That's such a good point. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that it's something that people are starting to value a lot more now, especially in our generation. Another thing is balance, which is not always a word that was used in the past in the workforce. But people want a flexibility, especially with virtual work that we've been seeing now after the pandemic. It's important that you offer flexibility to maybe have people work from home a few days if that's something that they're interested in and something that you can provide. Lastly is culture. Work culture is huge with actually people listing work culture as more important than salary nowadays. And you can really improve this by going beyond just having like bean bags and fun little pizza parties. You can go beyond it by making sure that your programs that you have at, in your work environment really value diversity and inclusion, a better work-life balance, kind of like we talked about, and an overall culture of people being valued no matter what their backgrounds are. So those are just kind of a few things and kind of just grazing the surface of what's going on there right now in the HR world and how you can improve your work environment to make sure that you're really attracting employees to your company. But Sarah has a little bit more information on some trends that we can see. So Sarah, how about you touch on those? Yeah, absolutely. It's really important that these companies also take advantage of up and coming HR trends. And I'm speaking from our fourth and final desk, which is here's something everyone should care about. Overall, we've covered the future of HR and including in, in that are four emerging trends. The article that I chose is about the four trends that are driving the future of work and it's from Forbes magazine and was published also recently back in September of 2021. The emerging HR trends mentioned in the article are unlike any that we've seen before. And this is due to the changes that have come surrounding the pandemic and how everyone is continuing to evolve and adapt. The trends are first, the increase in hybrid work. Everyone knows that people are able to now work from home a lot easier than before the pandemic because you can just open up your laptop and connect with your team through that. Additionally, the second trend is that global expansion is gaining popularity. Because you're not tied down to your desk at the office anymore, you don't need to be living in the same area as your company and you can now live wherever you want across the world. Wow. Yeah, isn't that so interesting? Mm -hmm. It creates a lot of like unique opportunities for like people as individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the third trend is that tax, payroll, and HR administration are becoming more complicated. This ties into the first two. Now, because your employee can live halfway across the world, it's a lot more complicated to be able to calculate those taxes and figure out what everyone needs to pay depending on where they're living. Interesting. And the fourth trend is increased data collection. <laughs> Because you're working off your computer, your company now has access to a lot more information than they did before, and they're able to track so much of your data throughout the day, such as when you log on, how many times you check your email, how many times you reply to someone, and other data such as that. That's interesting. I don't know if I would like that, um, my employer having like that much knowledge about me. Absolutely. It's important that employees oh. are aware 
of that happening as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And all these topics were super beneficial. And we especially take them into consideration as students entering the hospitality workforce soon. And we focused on the topics of burnout, who's quitting their jobs, how we can approach new qualifications and top trends with human resources. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear all of our perspectives, given that we are these young professionals and we're the ones who are going into different sections of the hospitality industry and will move on to be leaders in the hospitality industry. I agree. I definitely think it's interesting to see what what each of us chose to talk about, um, because it's also very telling of our personalities and um, the focuses and the values that we have going into the industry as well. Right. And we're put in such a unique time that really nobody has experienced in this digital age, also with having a big pandemic that just hit and we're starting to recover from that. Navigating the workforce is something very unique that hasn't been experienced in the past. So having all this information is very helpful. Our next segment is the hot topics debate. And our subject is tattoos within the workplace. Now let's kick it off to our next topic, which is the hot topics debate. And we're gonna discuss tattoos within the workplace. Start this debate with some statistics to establish an understanding of the topic. According to SHRM, about three in 10 Americans have at least one tattoo. Among those with any tattoos, seven in 10 have two or more. Tattoos are especially prevalent among younger Americans with nearly half of millennials and over a third of those belonging to Generation X, saying that they have at least one compared to 13% of baby boomers. So let's just pause for a minute and take a little survey um, and see who has tattoos here in this group. I do not. I don't, I'm way too indecisive to ever decide. I do have a tattoo. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. God. So scandalous. Um, so my tattoo is the coordinates of the house that I grew up in France. So um, it has kind of sentimental value for me. I got it when I was 18. So like just after you're right able to, and mm-hmm. I had no clue what I wanted to do in terms of jobs. So I kind of debated for months, I want to say, where to get the tattoo. I knew I wanted the tattoo, but I didn't know whether I wanted it to be visible or not. I personally wanted it to be visible, but I didn't want it to impact my future employment opportunities or maybe even how people perceived me. I know my parents were not a big fan of me getting a tattoo and didn't want it to be visible if I did get one. So I ultimately decided to hide my tattoo. Um, And so every day, most of my friends don't even know that I have it which is good and a bad thing because I haven't seen any impacts in the workforce by having a tattoo since none of my employers even know I do have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Can I ask where it is? Yeah, so it's on my rib cage actually. So oh, okay. um, pretty much every shirt covers it unless I wear a specific shirt that I know it's being seen by. So overall, it's it was my own decision and I'm happy I made that decision, but I think that it really comes down to the person, whether they want it to be seen or not and what industry they're really in. So I think that we cut that little thing. I can, I have like two other bullet points. Oh, you do have more bullet points? Okay. All right. Well, thanks Rebecca for that insight. And um, as we've known throughout history, tattoos used to signify cultural background or hold a special significance for certain religion, religions. 
Even though these practices are still very much alive, there are a large majority of people who get tattoos that hold special meanings to them, like Rebecca. And there's also a good majority of the population that regret getting these tattoos, meaning they were too young or it didn't turn out as intended. And I never really took this into consideration when I was researching about this topic. It can be so expensive. Um, according to the statistics, H SHRM stated that for three to five inch tattoos, it costs roughly $5,000 to remove the tattoo, which is crazy. And the Wall Street Journal reported that it can cost up to 36,000, depending on the size and how many. Oh, wow. So did your research. I know. Mm -hmm. And all these viewpoints should be taken into consideration since it's all very much valid in today's world. So I kind of want to dive a little deeper and um, get into this debate. Yeah, let's get started. Um, so definitely with tattoos, it's important to think about, um, yes, the negatives, like costing that much money to get it um, removed, but it's also important as future employers of the hospitality industry and as people who are hopefully one day going to be interviewing people to consider all the perks um, that it can have to have people be allowed to show their tattoos or even have tattoos in the workplace. It promotes employee recruiting. I think this is such an important thing as we're all going to be looking for jobs after college. It promotes individuality in the workplace. It um, helps create a positive work environment. And it really is important to think about how can we ask people to give an individual experience to the customer if they are not allowed to be themselves in the workplace. Furthermore, it creates more workplace synergy. Um, I talked a lot before about how we have spent a lot of time in quarantine by ourselves, so we don't really get to create those great workplace environments and have that workplace synergy. It can create a common connection with the meaningfulness of tattoos, so it promotes company values and that people know that they are allowed, they're accepted for who they are and they're allowed to be their truest self. It also opens the pool for a wider hiring base, basically meaning we're not discriminating against anyone. How can we, as employers, discriminate against someone who is qualified and passionate about the job just because of the tattoos that they have on their body? They should be able to do it just as well as someone who does not choose to have tattoos on their body at the same time. It's also interesting to think, as we said before, we're getting older and we're graduating soon, which is super exciting, but it also means we get to make these decisions about being um, it also means we get to make these decisions about the expectations in the workplace and how we are going to run our businesses that we are in charge of. And it's really interesting to see that as we are getting older, the industry is changing as well. So Disney actually came out with a quote, new look, which it basically describes greater flexibility with respect to forms of personal expression surrounding gender inclusive hairstyles, jewelry, nail styles, and costume choices, and allowing appropriate visible tattoos. This is a huge step in terms of allowing um, employees to be more expressive when Disney was traditionally one of the most conservative companies in terms of not only tattoos, but how people express themselves as well. So definitely as an industry, we're making a step in the right direction on allowing people to be more expressive with tattoos as well. Later on, I'll touch a little bit more about um, how important it is for us to make these decisions as young professionals and to make the right decisions for everyone. Sarah, I talked a lot about how tattoos are really, really positive. I know there is some negative effects of it. Do you have a couple of points on that? Yeah, thanks for that perspective, Allison. But on the other hand, it's also important to note the point that tattoos can promote an unreliable work environment. 
Tattoos can make people appear unreliable, especially in the professional world. For example, according to SHRM, tattooed individuals may be assumed to be impulsive, rebellious, untrustworthy, and unreliable. In a hiring situation, we often have limited information about job applicants, which may prompt us to rely on those stereotypes. So before you even speak, when you enter a job interview, the ink on your body could be painting a picture of who you may or may not be for the recruiter. Mm -hmm. Something really important to think about for people who have visible tattoos. Another point is that companies may not want to have a wider hiring base because these, these stereotypes can be true. And unfortunately, the recruiter won't know until after they hire someone. Underperformance costs money and time, and companies don't want to retain underperforming employees, so they may fall back on those stereotypes about tattoos when they're hiring somebody. And as you mentioned, Allison, Disney did um, change their tattoo policy with the new look, but the industry should have kept the old policy. Disney is really, really influ influential within the hospitality industry, and they should have kept the old tattoo policy, but I'll touch on this more later when we go over brand image. So we mentioned Disney, both of you guys in your article, and I know it's very hot there and can get to crazy heats, especially in the summer. When it comes to visible tattoos, do you think it's discriminatory to require an employee to wear a long sleeve shirt to cover tattoos, especially in extreme heats like in Florida during the summer? Based on the argument that I provided, I don't think it's discriminatory because if it's the company policy, the employee should be aware of it beforehand. And if it becomes an issue, then they do have the option to wear long sleeves or they can find a new job. Oh, interesting. What about you, Allison? How do you think it should go That's down? definitely, I don't think that discriminatory is the right word to use, but it definitely goes against the core values that people have. They want to be comfortable in the environment that they're working in and feel like they're valued by their employers. It's um, and making your employees wear long sleeves and survive in the heat. I know I've done it for summers and it hasn't even gotten anywhere close to how hot it was in Florida and it just it was unsufferable mm -hmm. and it just it didn't make a good work environment. So as employers, it's important to foster that great work environment and having unhappy employees can definitely affect how um, the service is perceived. So if you're asking them to wear long sleeves, not only for a uniform, but to cover up tattoos about something they're passionate about, I think it goes against the company's core values and can definitely affect your whole workplace environment as well. Interesting. All right, so let's jump on over to the second argument, and we'll be touching on customer engagement and brand image. So Sarah, do you want to start us off with that? Absolutely. So there's the argument that tattoos can just decrease customer perception and thus brand image. A great example comes from the MLB, actually, and they say that, that a player's tattoos, which covered nearly half of his body, were distracting, and they required him to cover them during the game to prevent other players from being distracted and detracting from the baseball game. Also, tattoos can take away from a company's reputation. In industries such as ours of hospitality, it's really important that everybody looks uniform because the uniform promotes professionalism and refinement. And then these all go back and reflect on the company for which they're working. For example, no one wants someone's tattoos clashing in the background of their crisp white wedding photos. So it's important that everybody wears the uniform in order to look the same 
um, and not take away from the event. Going back to the Disney look, which ensured that everyone looked fresh, clean, and approachable, Disney should have kept the old policy because it ensures that all of their employees look approachable and friendly. Disney is a family-oriented business, so all the employees should be clean cut with no tattoos. It's really interesting to hear about all these different perspectives in the industry. Specifically, um, I feel like having more tattoo-friendly places is more something that us as a younger generation is more okay with because tattoos are more relevant. Mm -hmm. So important to think about um, the customer base that we're working with. Oh, when we were getting feedback on our podcast, we spoke with an industry professional professional and a Penn State alumni. Her name was Melanie and she worked specifically in the HR department of Chick-fil-A. She talked about how it really depends on your customer base and what they're going to be most okay with. So I definitely think if you're in a more upscale, if you're in a more younger environment, people think tattoos are really, really cool. And it honestly might help create that engaging process between customer and employee, which there fosters a better relationship within the company as well. It's also important to think about is that people should be allowed to express themselves through hair, makeup, and jewelry because it's something so unique to them. And tattoos also allow people to express themselves and are really important because they show, like Rebecca's, it's so meaningful to have something on your body that means so much to you. So why should we be asking people to cover that up as well? So it again, as I said before, it's an integral part of a person's um, of who they are and it can help yes it could distract in wedding photos but some people the bride and groom may have tattoos and they could love that people also have tattoos or something in common with them as well that creates a more personal experience it's also important to note that tattoos as Sophie said before can play a really important part to cultures and religion and then we run into discrimination if we don't let people um be allowed to have tattoos and ask them to cover them up, especially if they are culturally significant or religiously significant. So we definitely have, we tread a fine line with having tattoo regulations in the workplace as well. And the most important part, as I said before, we are young professionals, we're going into the industry and tattoos are seen as more socially acceptable in the workplace. Studies have shown that only people over the age of 60 really care about tattoos in the workplace enough to physically voice their opinion to the managers. Most people like us are young professionals entering the workplace. So we really get to set the expectation of what we want tattoos to look like in the workplace coming up. And Rebecca, as you're graduating, you really get to decide what you want tattoos to look like if you want to add any more or how it's going to be portrayed in your field as well. Yeah, it's definitely something I thought about with more tattoos, whether or not they should be visible or not going into the workforce. But we also touched on MLB, we touched on the Disney look and a bunch of who your client base is and whether that means the tattoos should or should not be acceptable. So do you think that acceptance or rejection on tattoos on employees should really depend solely on the industry? So definitely lots of factors are involved in this decision. However, I do believe it's highly dependent on the industry, like you mentioned, Rebecca. Um, according to my argument, the hospitality industry really relies on that polished look. And in order to uphold that uniformity, tattoos should be covered in our, in our industry.
I think I also agree with part of yours. Like it's definitely dependent on the industry. There are certain places that have fast food, you might be a little bit more lenient, but at the more upscale places, you might want to look a little bit more uniform. But it's also important that at those more upscale places, they do stress having an individual experience. So it's not just a robotic waiter or waitress. You want to actually make that connection with the server. And having your tattoos out gives that extra bit of information to let them make a connection between the two individuals as well. Okay, so as we dive a little bit deeper into learning about religion and culture within these tattoos, do you guys think it's discriminatory to not hire someone, Sarah? So any job will have qualifications like your education level or requirements like being able to lift 25 pounds. If the tattoo policy is properly disclosed during the interview process, and then alternate uniforms, such as long sleeves, are offered to cover the tattoos, then a policy to cover tattoos should not be considered discriminatory. Okay, Allison, do you have any insight on that? I definitely think it's discriminatory. Honestly, when you look at it, um, as I said before, it lowers your hiring pool. So you get just by saying people who have tattoos cannot work at your workplace, you're probably cutting out around 20% of your and potential employees just because of something that they have on their body. When these people could be more than qualified and excited to work for your company as well. That's definitely a huge consideration. And then as I said before, when it comes in play for cultural and religious significance, you run a really, really fine line between being discriminatory just because um, they do something that's really, really important for their culture or for their religion as well. So it definitely is discriminatory and could honestly get you in some trouble if you choose to discriminate solely on the basis of having tattoos. Okay, and Allison, as you just mentioned with cultural significance, Sarah, I wanna turn it to you and do you think um, tattoos with cultural significance should be allowed in any situation? Um, really dealing out the tough questions today, Sophie. Sorry, <laughs> that's my job. Um, definitely a tough question and a complicated situation. And we've heard a lot about this from our mentors, Sydney and Melanie McCormick, who met with us earlier this semester. Um, and they mentioned how it's also important to consider your customer base when thinking about your tattoo policy. Like Sydney mentioned when she was working in Mon Montana. When Sydney, Sydney mentioned that when she was working at hotels as a general manager, she required that her employees that were front facing put on the tattoo makeup that she had in the back. And based on this situation and other inputs, the bottom line is that if the company policy is no visible tattoos, then they should be covered. Do you have anything to rebuttal? I do. I, as I said before, cultural significance is really, really important. Um, I think culture is a big point of any workplace environment. So definitely having different varieties of culture as well. And if those um, culture and religious significance relates to tattoos in general, it is extremely disrespectful to that culture and to that religious affiliation to ask people to cover up tattoos just because you're trying to create a certain brand image and you think their tattoos do not fit that brand image just because of the religion or the culture that they are. Yeah. I have another rebuttal for you, Allison. Oh, wow. Ah. So you mentioned brand image. And besides Disney, Chick-fil-A definitely really plays into their brand image. Mm -hmm. And our mentor, Melanie McCormick, who is actually an HR director at the Chick-fil-A in Carlisle, she mentioned how 
they're upfront in their interview process and they're not against their employees having tattoos, but they do require them to be covered if they're in the front and they offer just sleeves to put on or they give the employee a job in the back so they're not front facing. It's so interesting. I think that is the best way to go about it if you are allowed, if you don't want physical tattoos in the workplace. But as I said before, it really does lower your hiring pool because you're not able to hire. If someone's really, really extroverted and likes working in the front and they have visible tattoos on their neck or face, you have to only limit them to working in the back of house. So it's definitely something to consider within your company when making those decisions as well. And us, We'll have to make those decisions one day as well. So yeah, something absolutely. to think about. It, definitely. There's so many things to take into consideration. And we could go back and forth all day, ladies. But as we've heard, there's really no clear end to this argument. And I feel like it's just going to go on for years and years, to be honest, because nobody can agree. Are you right? No, right. but we do have that unique position of being up and coming young professionals. As we've just discussed, Allison touched on some very knowledgeable points about why tattoos are more acceptable in today's world. As younger generations, more and more people feel free to express themselves in and out of the workplace to express individuality. Also, we heard Sarah's traditional and professional viewpoints of why tattoos can sometimes be distracting and inappropriate within the workplace. Creating a sense of professionalism with proper uniform for all employees is something that is still very highly valued within the workplace. So now onto the very important topic of who is the club? Yeah, so like we said earlier, three of us are hearts and one of us is a club. So one of us has a slightly different personality. So say your last bets right now. All right, drum roll, roll please. please. Our club is Sophie. Yay. Yay. I feel like it doesn't really reflect me in a school setting because mm. I'm very social I yeah. think so yeah and a club is like very stern to the point they're driven they want it to get the work done but I feel like that's more me in like a workplace setting so mm. I kind of interesting but it's just interesting to hear like that we pull different things from the personality yeah yeah, yeah. I was not expecting you all to be hearts and then me odd man out but it's fine well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you learned something today and hope you take this knowledge that you have learned in the future and within the workplace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. guys.